This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. This is our preview for LSU and Mississippi State. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter at Go247, and check out all of our content on Go247.com. I am Matthew Bruni, and joining me today is Sonny Ship for our preview podcast. Sonny, how are you doing? Good, man. What's going on today? Oh, you know, just another beautiful day here in Baton Rouge. It's uh, great, great weather, so I can't complain. <laughs> no, and I don't want to listen to you complain anyway, so... Let's talk some football, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's get to some uh, housekeeping stuff before we we get underway and look at the game. Uh, Obviously, the big news from the week, Andre Anthony out for the season. That was something that I don't want to say caught people off guard because we kind of knew it was something. But still, him being out for the year is a significant blow to this defense line. Uh, Obviously, we still expect the defense line to be good. But nonetheless, uh, he was a great interview for me and he was a great leader by all accounts so he'll still be around the team but he is out for the season uh expected to play this week ali gay dwight mclaughlin chase and hines all three of those um were either limited i mean chase and hines played last week as well but uh, mclaughlin's been out for a while uh, but he played a bit last week as well and then ali gay should make his return um sage ryan i saw was in a yellow jersey at practice i don't expect him to play i don't think he's ready but he was out there at practice and then other players out uh sony fanua and john Trey kirkland hoping to get them back next week i believe for academics and then cam wire um is doubtful just on all accounts of coach orgeron and uh so they don't expect to have him the left tackle position is a very interesting point that we will talk about a lot today um and then Derek stingley left practice uh we know that we don't know his status uh it's you know, uncertain to this point, uh, unknown. So I'm not going to speculate on it, but we do know that he left practice and was banged up. So, and then lastly, Mason Smith moves the defensive end, uh, I guess permanently at this point, coach O spoke about it at length. And so he said it's the right move for him. So, um, of all those, you know, notes, uh, do you have any takeaways, Sonny? Uh, yeah, I, I would add, I would put Todd Davis Price in there. I would add, I would list yep. him questionable for yep. Saturday just because of you know the the injury that 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 he that he suffered, and then also uh, Armani Goodwin. It looks like he's going to play on Saturday, so that's another reason that I think that you know we could see a limited Todd Davis Price if he uh, if he isn't a hundred percent, but. You know, when you look at it, when you look at the list of walking wounded, Matt, it's really been that way all season, uh, e- even, you know, midway into fall camp. The yep. list of guys in gold jerseys just began to pile up. And, you know, on one hand, it, it's, uh, you know, y- you think it's looking a little bit brighter when you see you, you're getting guys like Jay Ward or Monty Goodwin. Yep. You're getting some of these guys back, but then on the flip side, you know, you see Derek Stingley leave practice. You see uh, Andre Anthony go down for what's a, you know, what is a season ending injury for Andre Anthony. And, and that's just, 
you know, that, that that's just horrible. It's horrible for the kids. It's horrible luck for LSU. And it's just something that, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen before this many injuries this early in the season and just – and they just continue to mount up. I forgot about Jay Ward. That's a good catch there. Jay Ward, I think, is expected to play. And so that'll be a big boost to the secondary if, if he is able to go against Mississippi State. Um, and so now I think we can move on to uh, Mississippi State now. And last year, we have to start with that. I mean, 44-34 to 34 loss for LSU at home. I mean, KJ Costello goes out, passes for – 623 yards, five touchdowns, two picks on 36 of 60 passing. Kylan Hill, 20 yards of reception on eight receptions. I mean, Mississippi State did whatever they wanted last year. And so I think a lot of LSU fans want to forget it, but we have to kind of look back before we look forward. Yeah, and it was a it, it was a tough one to look back at. Um, you know, there's just LSU fans probably still see Mississippi State players streaking past their TV wide open with no one in the picture. I mean, that yeah, that's how it was. It was just a uh, – it was a tough day all the way around. And, um, you know, you, it goes back to I, – I think when you look at that game plan and you look at what went wrong, what happened, it all goes back to LSU staying in their man-to-man defense all game long that just had people just 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 screaming, how about we play a little bit of zone? How about we play a little bit of zone? And you never saw Bo Pelini make those adjustments that that he needed to make for LSU to be able to to counter the Mississippi State passing offense. And, man, I mean, 623 yards – it, you have to try very, very hard to give up that many passing yes. yards. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. so many. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. And I remember, I mean, when I got hired for, for this job, you know, what, two two months ago or whatever it was, I went and started watching last season back over again. And Mississippi State was obviously the first game I put on. And I was just, you know, shocked by, by what I saw. Because obviously this is, you know, 2019 champions coming off of uh, a title and going playing a home game against Mississippi state and then just getting thrown all over the field with Derek Stingley, Eli Ricks, and, you know, whoever else uh, in the secondary. And so I think you bring up a good point, Bo Pelini, they just didn't adjust at all. There were no adjustments. And that's what it kind of felt like a lot earlier in the years. They just were unable to adjust, unable to really improve in their coverage. And as a result, KJ Costello just diced them up and KJ Costello, we all know is not like, you know, an NFL caliber quarterback by any means here. And he still just looked, um, looked amazing against that defense. So that was, uh, not a, not a great showing, but like I said, we have to go back before we go forward. Yeah. And, and you know, Hey, you know, KJ Costello for one week there, he was Vegas's favorite to, uh, for the Heisman trophy, you know, after he played LSU, you just, they didn't know that every, that every quarterback that played LSU would, uh, would throw for 350, 400 yards and, and have set career highs and all of that good stuff. But, you know, as, um, as we, as, as we look back at this one and as we look back at, you know, at, at some of the other things that, uh, you know, that, that went wrong, I'm sure you also saw, I'm sure you saw this and, you know, and, and circled this as something that has to improve this year, but, 
you know, the, the, the play on the second level of diagnosing the play of, of, of filling the right hole of just the, you know, the whole concept of, 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 uh, you know, of being able to pass receivers off to off and things like that. It was all just so lacking from the get go in that one right there, you know, Damon Clark, um, you know, Jacoby Stevens, they had him playing up closer to the line. They had him backing up, you know, whatever the, whatever LSU did, they just never could, they never really looked like they were all on the same page. You know, you, you go back and you look at every play and there's guys moving around, there's guys looking around. It was just, it was issue after, after issue, pre-snap and post-snap. Yeah. And that's why, that's what made the UCLA game so concerning to start this year, to like start getting into this year. Um, the UCLA game was just kind of more of the same, right? We were just receivers running down the field on, on, unchecked, like the run game, uh, was was working for the Bruins and so that's what made it so concerning and then as the year progressed you know McNeese State I still think was a little concerning but it wasn't you know at least there was a little improvement against an FCS school and then Central Michigan last week I think was you know an actual step in the right direction here um, what, what did you think of the Central Michigan game d- defensively um, from the LSU side? Yeah I, I thought it was I thought it was definitely a, a step in the right direction and you know, I think that when you go back and when you look at the offense, you look at the defense, you look at everything, and it was the most complete game that LSU has played since, um, you know, since that 2019 season. I don't think they played as as complete of a game all of last year mm-hmm. as they played against Central Michigan. And it came at the perfect time. You know, I mean, it, it came at an absolute perfect time because everyone, you know, everyone on the outside was already questioning the LSU team after the, after the loss to UCLA. And it continued after the loss to McNeese. It's like, okay, man, you know, these guys 34-7 over McNeese, you know, what are they, you know, why, why are they not getting it? Why are they not coming out with fire? Where's the energy at? Where's the passion at? Well, they showed all of that against Central Michigan. So after hearing it questioned, now they see it and they see it, you know, now they can go back, they can look at it on tape, they can see it on the field. They remember that feeling. Can they can they take that next step? You know, can they do it now against an SEC opponent, but then also have to do it on the road? You know, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a big question that Max Johnson has to answer because, you know, last year he played in the swamp and they had some fans there, but the swamp last year was nothing like, uh, you know, Wade Davis stadium is going to be on Saturday, you know, yeah, it's an early morning kickoff. It's 11 o'clock, but there's still going to be cowbells all over the place. You know, it's going to be pretty weather. Folks are going to be out there early and, and stuff. So it's going to be, it's going to be a ruckus atmosphere. So, you know, is Max Johnson able to take that next step? Because I think what he's going to play in Saturday is going to be a lot, you know, a lot less friendly than what he saw at UCLA. You know, oh, he's yeah. going into an SEC stadium on Saturday, you know, big game for both teams, you know, both teams, the fans, you know, know how big it is for both teams in the season. And so, you know, is he able to take that next step too? Yeah, that's going to be a big question here. Let's get to our preview. Let's let's start previewing this game, Mississippi State's side of things. Let's, let's look at LSU's defense versus Mississippi State's offense. As we all know, Mike Leach, the leader, the god of the air raid, and he hasn't changed up at all this year. I mean, you look at Will Rogers, their quarterback, as 
already completed 75% of his throws for 1,083 yards, eight touchdowns, and one interception on 122 of 163 passing, a 145.6 efficiency. Um, they are completing a lot of passes, and however, they're not doing it at a, you know, a big, um, a large clip as far as yards per reception goes. A lot of their stuff is shorter. A lot of their stuff is to the running back. And that's kind of what teams are making them do this season so far. A lot of teams are like Memphis, like Louisiana Tech, are kind of giving them the underneath stuff and saying, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. And they do have talented receivers, Mississippi State, but they haven't really been able to utilize them as much as maybe they've wanted to to this point because of how defenses are playing them. And, you know, defenses go into the game knowing they're not going to run the ball on us. So we're just going to drop seven, drop eight, you know, maybe blitz here and there and to mix it up. But it's been pretty routine what this defense, what this offense has seen. And so I'm interested to see how LSU's defense approaches it if they try to do something different, because I think LSU's defense has more talent than anybody Mississippi State has faced to this point, even though, you know, NC State and Memphis are, are quality teams. I think LSU's defense is more talented. And so do they try to, you know, uh, mix up their coverages, man zone. I think you have to play zone, but you know, how do you get pressure on the quarterback? Because if they can get pressure on Will Rogers, I think that makes this game very, very interesting from an LSU perspective. Yeah, they have to get pressure on Will Rogers. You can't let him, uh, you know, you can't let him just sit back there and just pick you apart. I went back and watched all their games and, and what I saw from Will Rogers, I didn't see anything, you know, spectacular as far as, you know, amazing arm strength, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, terrific ball placement on every throw. Yeah, he looks pretty normal. He looked. That's what I was gonna say. He looked pretty normal. You know, he. Uh, I did like how he moved. How he moved up. He slid up in the pocket. He moved around in the pocket a little bit. Uh, created a little bit of time. Kept his eyes downfield. And a lot of his yards, I think, comes it comes at that point instead of him just tucking the ball and running or uh, you know or, or making an errant throw. He buys just enough time, but he, like you said, he hasn't played a pass rush like LSU yet. He hasn't seen what he's going to see from Mason Smith, Jaqueline Roy, from, you know, Neil Farrell, BJ Odegelari, go down the list of guys. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be pivotal. Pivotal is getting that pressure on him. And what Devontae Jones has to try to figure out is that, okay, you know, when you, when you drop eight, how do you get pressure with three? You know, if you're going to show if you're going to show that you drop an eight, where's this extra blitz are going to come from? We haven't seen from Durante Jones. We haven't seen him blitz much at all. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen a lot of we haven't seen much movement at all. LSU is basically lined up in the lined up on defense and said, OK, this is what we're in. Attack us. And it was, you know, it, it was uh, it was frustrating to watch against UCLA. You didn't really care against McNeese. You saw a little bit of a little bit of variations against Central Michigan, but you expect to really get an idea of what Durante Jones is going to bring as a defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, against UCLA, you had those busts, you had the you had the miscommunication, you had the issues that led to the big plays that haunted LSU last year. So what kind of improvement are we going to see from Durante Jones? Because how his defense responds 
to the uh to what Mississippi State's gonna gonna throw at him, you know, with the short screens to the running backs, with getting the running backs matched up against the linebackers, with you know, if Derek you know, with Derek Stingley's injury, we know that, you know, we know that he would, you know, if he plays, which I don't think he will, but if he would play, then uh, you know, how limited would he be? So we have all, you know, we have those issues that's gonna directly impact you know, how LSU is able to, is able to defend that Mississippi state offense. And uh, you have to think that LSU's probably got a little, ju- little bit of juice on that side of the ball in practice this week, just wanting to prove them, uh, you know, wanting to get back at them a little bit, huh? Yeah. I mean, you just turn on the tape of last year's game. I think that that does the trick. I would feel like for anybody on defense, <laughs> I mean, that, that last year's showing was all you That's really punishment need. right there, making them have to go through and watch that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, that should be all the motivation they need at that point. But I think you bring up a great point through three games. We've really only seen one alignment. I think coach O even said on his radio show last night, he was like, you know, we really against central Michigan, we really only called one or two, you know, different defenses. So he even kind of admitted they haven't really changed anything up defensively. And like you said, they haven't really had to outside of the UCLA game where I just don't think they were ready for that game to, to, to make those changes. So hopefully now going into game four, going into the sec, there's something we haven't seen yet, whether that is um, bringing in, bringing more pressure in various spots, dropping out to eight, um, just uh, certain twists and turns uh, that the defense line can do to maybe create even more pressure on the quarterback. Because while we'll, while they'll be able to get pressure on Will Rogers, are they going to be able to get there fast enough? And, you know, how will they be able to um, tackle in space if he gets the ball out of his hands? So there's a lot of different questions I have here. And, I will say, though, Mississippi State's offense really hasn't been overly impressive through three games. I I think they should have beaten Memphis just because the only – like two of Memphis's touchdowns were off a punt return and an inter, a pick six. But still, you lose that game because the offense didn't get going to the fourth quarter. You almost lose to Louisiana Tech because the offense didn't get going to the fourth quarter. Um, NC State was, was I guess, the, the one consistent showing that they've had. But – this Mississippi state offense really has been subpar. I mean, based on what we've seen from Mike Leach from the past, you know, 20 years, this is an offense that hasn't got it going. They've had the, they have the the time of possession way in their favor in all three of the games, but they haven't been able to do anything explosive. They haven't been able to take the top off defenses or really do anything dynamic. They still don't run the ball. So I'm looking at this LSU defense. I think that the LSU defense just I think they, they're going to have a good day. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a couple of guys, you know, when I look at the at the state offense, I really hate the matchup, whether it's Jaquavius Marks or Dylan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the matchup of either one of those guys against LSU's linebackers. Mm-hmm. That just, you know, that that that's worrisome right there. I don't see many scenarios at all that favor LSU yeah. in those situations. They're going to have to tackle I, in space for sure. Yeah, they're going to have to tackle in space for sure. And, you know, as far as the receivers go, I, I do think Makai Polk is legit. Yes. Uh, I think he's a dude. And then I think Tulu Griffin, uh, I think it's – they call him – it's like like Ladia Trick or something like that, uh-huh. but they call him Tulu. You know, he's returned a kickoff for a touchdown. He's returned another kickoff a long ways. You watch that guy on tape, and, I mean, he is fast. 
He's explosive. He's quick and he's shifty, but they've only been able to get him like five. He, uh, he's only got five receptions on the season. So they haven't been able to get him the ball on offense a lot. What LSU, LSU cannot, you know, you cannot let the most explosive player on the field beat you, right? You want to make someone else beat you. So Avery Atkins, I know you got a big leg and everything and stuff, but do not kick it to this guy. This guy will return it six yards deep, seven yards deep. And he's shown that he's got that he can hurt you in that situation. So don't don't kick to him on kickoffs. If they put him back there on punt returns, please don't kick to him. And just try not to let this guy, uh, you know, because this guy, he's just a he's one of the with the, you know, some of the announcers would call a little jitterbug. He's just so fast and so explosive out there. Yep. Well, let's move to LSU's offense versus Mississippi State's defense. I I think pretty highly of Mississippi State's defense to this point, even though, you know, they haven't been perfect. They're not, I don't think they're as good as LSU's defense, but they've been able to stop the run. They shut down Memphis's run game pretty much to 3.5 yards a carry. Um, I think they have decent corners for the most part. They, they've been able to play man in their first three games a good amount. I'm not sure how much they're going to be able to play man against LSU, but, you know, I think this defense has the talent to give LSU some problems here. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think they've got some – I think they've got, uh, you know, two really good cornerbacks and Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson. Uh, Forbes and Derek Stingley Jr., they are – you know, they're tied for the lead right now and for the most most career interceptions among active players in the SEC right now. So that gives you an idea of where he is. He returned three for uh, three for touchdowns last season. So, uh, you know, this, you know, the guy knows, uh, you know, he knows what to do when he gets the ball. But I think they're good. I, I think they've got some talent right there. You know, the set and on the uh, the second level of their three, three, five, they, you know, it's, it's a big Louisiana flavor. Tyrus Sweet, a big 260 pound linebacker, Aaron Berlay played at rumble there in new orleans and uh, you know i think they're good i don't think they're i don't, I don't think there's anything that just you know screams outstanding about yeah. their linebacker play you know the defensive front you know I, I think they're good along the defensive front too but you know i i do think that lsu if lsu is if lsu is is operating like it did against central michigan I think LSU can score a lot of points against this defense. Um, you know, the the key for me, the key for me is, you know, is Max Johnson and the offensive line, uh, you know, the running back, the tight end that they keep in to to help out and pass blocking. Are all of those guys able to to decipher where the blitz is coming from? Because Zach Arnett, he's going to line people up. He's going to have people standing around, jumping around pre-snap. Yep. yep. He's going to rush three. He's going to, you know, he's going to drop eight. He, he, he's going to do what you would expect LSU to do, you know, to try to confuse uh, the quarterback, try to get in his head, try to get him thinking just a little bit longer. You get him thinking just a little bit longer, gives you time to get there to him and stuff. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think that, that that how Max Johnson and how the offensive line is able to handle the blitz, you know, I mean, that's going to be huge right here because, you know, I think Mississippi State's going to say, okay, we don't expect LSU to come out and try to run into a brick wall like maybe mm -hmm. like they did against McNeese State. I think Mississippi State probably expects LSU to come out and do like they did last week, which was use the run to set up the pass. Yep. Um, and, and so in doing that, you know, for me, it's all about, okay, you give Max, you got to give Max Johnson time. 
You got to get, you know, he has to, you know, he has to take his chances with the RPOs like he did last week. Linebackers get up a little bit. He hits them with that pass. Um, you know, maybe now is, you know, now is the time to, you know, we didn't want to see Max run the ball a whole lot. We didn't want to see him take a whole lot of hits, but I don't think you can take that element out of his game when you play a team like Mississippi State. You know, you 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 have to you have to have that option in there two, three, maybe four times a game now that you're in SEC play. So, you know, how 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 does Jake, you know, how does Jake Peets, how does Jake Peets handle that first game in the SEC? Yeah. You know, how does he handle that first road game in the SEC when the pressure gets intensified a lot more? Yeah, I I think he uh, you know, let's let's hope he had the deer in the headlight looks, the deer in the headlights look against UCLA and he got that out of his system and that he doesn't have that on Saturday. Yeah. The I you bring up a great point about Mississippi State's front. I mean, especially against Memphis, they had uh the quarterback from Memphis, Seth Hennigan, really rattled with their different linebackers coming up, uh, dropping out, you know, defensive linemen dropping in, dropping out. Uh, I think a defensive tackle almost had an interception against Memphis because the the quarterback was trying to make a quick throw and the defensive tackle dropped out real quick and just swatted the ball down, couldn't catch it. But uh, that's that's going to be interesting to see Max Johnson's ability to process the process information, get the ball out quick, be on time, and still, I think I wrote this in our roundtable. I still need to see more consistency out of the big plays because you know they did it against Central Michigan. And I think a couple of those were spectacular catches. The one, the, the two to Deion Smith and the Jack Betch touchdown. I think those are great plays, but now you're going against an SEC defense. Now the explosive plays are going to have to be, they're going to have to be manufactured a little bit better than they were against Central Michigan. So that's what I'm interested to see is, can they take the top off the defense still? Because I don't expect them to be able to run the ball that effectively. But like you said, it's just having the threat of being able to run and then setting up the pass from there. So that's going to be an interesting uh, aspect from this LSU offense that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, you know, it's, it's last week we had central Michigan circled as to like, okay, you know, what is this LSU team Yeah. now against central Michigan? We think we saw a little bit about, okay, uh, of what this team could be. So now it's, so now it's okay. So now the next, you know, the next step in the, in the process is let's see him do it against a better team. And and so I think that's why everyone's kind of looking at it because on your round table, one of the questions was, you know, which game is the one that you have circled? And I was like, well, this is going to sound kind of corny right here. And I'm going to say, it's going to sound like coach speak, but you know, the, this game right here, because it's the next game on the schedule. And and it's like, and, and I caught, you know, cause last week I caught myself of putting a lot more emphasis on how LSU looked against central Michigan than I probably ever have for a group of five team. Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Know? Me too. And, and, and so, you know, and, and granted, I didn't, I didn't put a lot of emphasis in, into how they look. It was like, okay, I know they can look like that. You yeah. know, you're not impressing me that you did it against central Michigan. You're impressing me that I can see that you can do it mm-hmm. now. Impress me by going out and doing it against Mississippi state. Yep. You know, impress me like that. Yeah. So we will see how, how they respond. I'm really interested to see that this environment on the road, how Max Johnson plays and how the, the offense gets going from there. Let's look at the spread real quick at this moment. And it's been like this for most of the week. LSU is favored by two and a half. So very small spread there. The over-unders at 56 and a half. 
Um, I I like the under for 56 and a half. I'm I'm of the belief I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game to this point. I think Mississippi State's going to do what they've been doing and kind of uh, I don't want to say hog the ball, but you know have these kind of long drives where they convert a couple third downs, choose some clock just with these check down throws. And I don't think LSU is going to get beat over the top very much. So I'm going to say under 56 and a half, and then we can get into our predictions if you're ready. Yeah, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over on that. Um, you know, I, I think you're probably, I think I would not be, I would not be shocked at all if you saw a score, up into the uh you know uh, well into the 30s for both teams interesting 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 so then what, yeah. what's your game prediction oh man i tell you what <laughs> prior to wednesday um you know I, I was feeling i was feeling pretty good about lsu uh you know you're getting some guys back and everything you hated to lose andre anthony but you were getting some other guys back uh, I, that I felt was some, you know, some critical positions like, you know, like Jay Ward, for instance. Yeah. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, Derek Stingley leaves practice and then, you know, his status for Saturday, you know, it's a, you know, a big question mark revolving around that. Um, you know, even, even if Derek Stingley, you know, even if he would be able to play, you know, I would question, I would question, uh, you know, how effective, uh you know he would be and for me that just flips the game in a big way that that flips it from a you know i went from went from feeling like okay you know i I like lsu in this one you know thinking 31 20 somewhere in that realm now all of a sudden i i'm worried about mississippi state about lsu being able to stop mississippi state because you know you're now you're taking out one of your veterans of your secondary and you're having to put someone, you know, someone new and, and someone relatively unex, you know, inexperienced who doesn't have a lot of experience putting them on the other side. And so that, that really, uh, that, that really starts to concern me a little bit. So I'll feel better if, you know, if Stingley is able to play, uh, you know, for right now, I'm going under the assumption that I don't think he will play. That's just something that my gut tells me. And I think that that's going to lead to some problems for LSU. So if Stingley doesn't play like my gut's telling me, then, uh, oh, man, the board's going to hate me. But I'm thinking Mississippi State 34-31. Mm, okay. All right. I, I completely agree. I think the as far as I the Stingley thing, I mean – if they put Dwight McLaughlin out there or whoever else out there, Darren Evans, I don't know who they could, who they'll replace him with, but, or maybe they just move Cordell Flott outside. I don't know, but that's going to be a really interesting point to see because the continuity wise in a zone, you have to be on the same page. You can't have bust. We saw what happened last week when they were bust and major burns got caught out of position in the zone and central Michigan, you know, busted a 75 yard touchdown. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how they're able to do it. I'm, I'm of the belief that I think the defensive line continues to play really, really well. And I think that they're going to be able to get to Rogers enough to make it um, easier on everybody else. And if Jay Ward is back, I think that's a boost as well. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go barely under the 56 and a half. I'm going to go 30 to 24 LSU because I, I, th- I trust the defense enough to, to hold Mississippi state um, under 30. So I'll go 30 to 24 LSU, but that's, this, uh, it's going to be, a I like very- it. I like it. I like it. 
I like it. And, you know, it, and, and granted, you know, granted with, uh, you know, I, I do like the fact that I've probably got about another from the time we record this, I've got about another 24 hours before we, before we have to put the preview in print. So I still have that flexibility yeah. to where I can, I, I can change my mind on that, on that prediction. So yeah, this isn't just a heads so. up in, ca- in case you listen, in case you listen to this and you're wondering why, what you read doesn't match what you hear. That's going to be why that's going to be, I reserve the right to change that prediction as fluid as the Derek Stingley situation is. I've, I've already changed my prediction. I went on the radio earlier today and said 27, 21 LSU. So now I'm at the 30, 30 to oh, 24 nice, LSU. Nice, nice. So who okay, knows where I'll yeah. be by tomorrow when oh, we have to send hey, picks. <laughs> hey, by tomorrow, by tomorrow, you're going to have Max Johnson catching three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, huh? Oh yeah, it's gonna be uh you know the forty-four to thirty-four LSU this time. That's what it's gonna be. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, good to finally hook back up and everything, man. Yep. From the Glad hurricanes and stuff out. and everything and all, and I'm just I'm excited that we finally got some SEC football to watch now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, yep. Thanks for joining me, Sonny. Uh, again, uh, you can y'all can follow us on Twitter at go twenty four seven. You can follow follow our podcast on Apple, um, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check us out. Send us to a friend. Leave us a five star rating and review, and we will talk to y'all later. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.